Welcome to Talent Takeover Unfiltered. When it comes to working hard and keeping it real, we know our shit. Self-care, happiness, inner peace, and time. I'm Brianna Rooney, and this is Taylor Bradley. Hey, y'all. And we have thrived in chaos and turned it into an art form. So, Taylor, what are we doing here today? We're here to give you a raw, under-the-hood view of all things recruiting and finally give credit where credit is due to a long, underrated industry that's full of, quote-unquote, experts. All right. Well, then let's take this show to the road. Hello, hello. Another badass episode of Talent Takeover Unfiltered. We're coming in hot with Jess Heller, who is an exec and leadership coach, and she is incredible. And the subject will be how to manage your mindset in an ever-changing market. I love this. Hey, Jess. Hey, Teller. How are we doing? Good. How are you? What the fuck did you just call me? Teller? So I'm not you tell her. Oh, well, Heller, Jess Heller, Taylor. Why are you doing to anything? God, that's why I answer Teller. Oh, uh, I'm doing great. Teller is doing great. Thank you for asking. I'm always doing good on our podcast recording days. The energy is always good. Yes, it is fierce. I'm excited about this one because mindset, it's like if you guys haven't already subscribed to, hey, my mindset needs to be strong to be successful, you are really missing out. So let's let's just dig. Let's get in. Love it. All right. So why this topic? We know why it's important to us, but why was this topic important to you, Jess? Yeah. So it is the most important thing to drive success. So I think for me in coaching, the thing that I'm really passionate about, a lot of people come to me and they say, these are the goals that I want. This is what I want to achieve. I want to achieve this promotion. And it's always about doing the inner work first, figuring out, okay, what are the limiting beliefs? What are the stories that you're telling yourself? What's the mindset shift that you need to make in order to achieve those goals? So focusing on that first before you can really do anything else. How do you manage tactical versus inner? Because I know like, you know, when I'm coaching, they're like, just tell me how to do set up this or set up this process or how do I run this meeting? It's like, okay, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. So um, the first thing, asking a lot of questions. So I was shocked to find out early on that coaching is not about giving advice. Um, I thought I was coaching people and that's actually not what it's about. So it's a lot about uh, asking a lot of questions, active listening, figuring out, okay, what is actually important about this for you? Because a lot of times people are setting goals based on what they think they should be doing, based on what has been told to them. And then they get to this point in their career, for example, and they realize I'm not happy here. I got all the titles that I wanted. I have all the power that I thought I wanted and I'm not feeling fulfilled. I'm actually pretty miserable. And so really going back to kind of the basics about what is important for you about achieving these goals. What are you telling yourself? And then because when you do that type of work, then you're actually setting up goals that they really want versus they think they should want. But how do you manage that? Like, so like if someone says, hey, I want X, I, I want just to make more money and I want to be able to negotiate really well. Yeah. How do you then say like, OK, I hear you, but now we're going to take a step back because I know sometimes people are like, wait, what did I get out of that call? That was very confusing. How do you set up those expectations? Yeah. So talking about, OK, what does success look like for you? What does it mean for you? Right. What would be different if you got all of these things at the end of the day? And so really trying to ask a lot of questions to help them navigate 
the picture of success because when you really get deeper and deeper and deeper into those questions, they start to have a bigger picture of what they want versus setting goals from a place where they're honestly sometimes playing small. So you want to get them into like a really empowered headspace. So whatever goal they're trying to achieve is bigger than the one they would have set when they came in with a lot of these limiting beliefs. So trying to get them into like, okay, what's the seven-year plan, right? What's the 10-year plan? And then now that you have this picture of success, you know, if fear was no obstacle and if money was no obstacle, for example, what would this look like? And then help them to back into it and then help them to get some of those incremental steps so that you break down something that feels really overwhelming into action steps that they can make or take. You know what I think is really interesting? And it just like hit me as you were talking, Jess, that until I started working here, and it's not saying it didn't happen. It was just not really in my face. But I didn't I didn't really know how frequently executives or leaders used coaches. I think that I always had this belief that it's very early on in your career when you might have a coach or a mentor. But it was like, and I've had mentors my entire career, but specifically the coaching piece. Um, but as I got here and, and learned that Brianna talks to an executive coach, she had me talking to her executive coach and how powerful it was and the types of things that you do actually discuss. Um, I'm really just curious to know what's the typical profile of the people that you coach or and and also do you have any recommendations for people wanting to get started in coaching? Yeah, so I mostly work with leaders um, at all levels. Um, a okay. lot of my clients are women. I obviously work with men as well. Um, but they are, I mean, they're anyone who can be new in role. Maybe they're a new leader and they're feeling like, I don't really know how to build this relationship with my team. Maybe they're going from, you know, peer to manager and that role and those relationships need to look and feel very different. Um, or maybe it's someone who just got a new job or they are looking for a career change and it's really just finding a thought partner. I mean, that's the biggest thing about coaching. And that's why I said, you know, this is not about giving advice. It's not, there's a mentor, there's a sponsor out there, but a coach is really a thought partner for you. It's someone who's in your corner, who can see things sometimes that you can't see in yourself, who can really like pull that out of you and make you think bigger for yourself. And so it's anyone just wanting to grow and learn and create some awareness around their blind spots we all have blind spots, right? And so we all we all deal with feelings of doubt, whether or not it's starting a new company or starting this you know, new journey or career path. And so it's really just having someone in your corner to help you illuminate some of the things that you might not be able to see on your own. Love that. Love that. Love thought partner. I never mm -hmm. thought of it that way. I've literally never heard that. Um, but I have heard just recently, speaking of my coach, said something about, um, she had this great quote, and now I can't think of it, but playing small. And um, it was uh, from Mel Robbins. I guess she was doing yeah. this interview. And so is that where you is that where you had heard that from? I mean, I've heard that Tara Moore has a great book as well. And so it's really, yeah, it's, it's weird. Do you want to set your goals from a place where you're feeling empowered or from a place where you're feeling fearful. And usually we make decisions out of love or out of fear. And so your coach can help you make decisions from a place where you're thinking bigger for yourself so that your trajectory looks a little bit different. What if that overwhelms the person? I mean, naturally, I think like, um, you know, it's really easy to hear. So hit my mic. It's really easy to to um, 
to hear someone and be like, wow, I can like see these things really clearly because you're not looking with emotion. So now you're saying like, this is actually, if you play bigger, this is what you're capable of. What if the person then just like, it's just not there. Like they're like, I can't believe it. I can't get there. Like that seems like that's a lot of work. So how as a coach, can you really manage and have them fight and think bigger? Well, number one, when when people come to a coach, they need to be willing to think about things from a different perspective. So that's always people ask me, who do you love working with? It's anyone who's willing to invest in themselves, see things from a different perspective, be challenged. And so that's the type of person who I'm sitting in the room with is someone who wants to invest and who wants to think bigger for themselves. And so that's why it's just breaking it down into more manageable steps. Um, I love coaching because, you know, and I love therapy and I've done it. Um, it's just I used to get out of, you know, the sessions. It was like, great, I have all these insights. Now what do I do? Um, and the difference with coaching is you have all these insights and at the end of the session, you have some sort of action items or homework or, you know, questions to think about and reflect on. And so if you have a big overwhelming goal, it's your coach is helping you break that down into some more manageable steps. And once you start seeing the progress that you're making, that's motivating. And so that momentum will get you to the next phase, to the next phase, to the next phase. Um, so it's going to reduce the overwhelm. How do you recommend that people go about finding a coach that's a, going to be that good thought partner for them? Yeah. So recommendations, first and foremost. Um so I always, um, you know, ask people who you work with, um, ask people who are in your network, hey, do you have a coach? Here's what I'm looking for. Here's what I think might work with me. Um, you, I do, you know, strategy calls or discovery calls with people. And it's all about just making sure that there's chemistry there. At the end of the day, you really need a coach who you feel is going to call you forth and who's going to believe in you. And that for that, you need to have trust. You need to have the feeling like you can be vulnerable with someone. And so you'll get a lot of that out of that initial call. So I'd say talk to a few coaches, see, you know, trust your gut and go from there. Okay. That's really good advice. And I'm about to change it because I'm just really curious. Have you ever had to break up with anybody that you've coached? <laughs> um, I have. I'm really lucky. So um, all of my clients have come through referrals. And so I am really fortunate to have some really amazing and inspiring clients. Have I had to have direct and tough conversations with people and say, listen, you know, here's what we need to do to get you to where you want to go. If you're not doing the work, if you're not, you know, showing up, um, then you do have to redesign your alliance and how you partner with someone. And, you know, at the end of the day, I can't do the work for someone. I can't make someone change. I can be here. I can support them. And so if a coach is in a situation where the client is not doing the work, you may need to say that, listen, I might not be the best person for you or this might you might not be ready for this. Love us. Uh, I sorry. Go ahead, Taylor. No, go. I was going to make a comment about that. Like, cut the shit, Jess. Tell us the tea. <laughs> There's been some boundaries. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I know, but it was. I've been, I've been really lucky. So, but I do know coaches who I work with and have worked with who, yeah, you have to have tough conversations. Um, but what I will say is, if you vet your clients early on, then you hopefully will not be in that situation. And so that upfront 
you know, designing how you work together. Like let people tell you that they're not ready for coaching before you even start. And that's fine. Yeah. Ooh. So is this kind of like a candidate intake? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, so do you have like, do you have templates that you go through? I mean, naturally, not like you're just like, you know, waiter and waitress, like going off of this thing. <laughs> but like, do you did you typically start like these are the questions, these are the answers I absolutely have to know before I take them on? Um, so we do, you know, that intro call. And yeah, I have questions for them. Um, I also before we start any coaching engagement, I have 22 um, questions that I send to them. So it's a, a questionnaire. Um, very deep, very not thought provoking, hard hitting questions that people have probably never asked themselves nor have never be, ever been asked. Mm -hmm. um, and so if you're going through this and you are and I ask people actually to do it three times. Um, so the same questionnaire three times, because every time you answer the questions, you're going to go a level deeper and a level deeper. And if you do that and you are absolutely miserable or that is not something that feels inspiring to you, let me know. And I let them know that because this is what coaching is. So, you know, you have to show up in a really courageous way. You have to show up in a really vulnerable way or honestly, you're wasting money and time. And do you tell it just like that? I yeah. When I I haven't really had to because people are people are really game by the time they're ready. Um, they're ready by the time they say yes. They are they're ready to do the work. Oh, I it. So <laughs> recently, and this is so funny because I don't know why this is like wow big moments, but I had never heard it put like this. But like just having courage doesn't mean you don't have fear. It just it means you have the courage to keep moving forward. Yeah. And I honestly just heard that last week and I was like blown away by it. I was like, my God, I've never thought of it like this. <laughs> yeah. Why is this the first time I'm hearing this? Well, the biggest thing, I have so many clients come to me and they say, I just want to build confidence um, or, you know, that's part of their goal is I want to be more confident. I want to be more confident as my role, uh, you know, as I have more responsibilities. Now I'm in executive meetings and I'm talking to C-levels. I've never done this before. It's super intimidating. What I always tell them is the only thing that builds confidence is experience. So you actually don't need confidence. You just need courage. Go and, you know, practice and do it. I mean, this is my first podcast. I have anytime I do something for the first time, I know. Thank you both. Um, any, <laughs> anytime I do something for the first time, I always have nerves. I always, you know, you start to make up stories in your mind. How is this going to go? Because you just don't have experience. And so it's just do the thing. You know, when I used to start working with clients, I was nervous when I was doing my kickoff calls. I was nervous when I was doing my discovery calls. And now I am super excited. I don't even think twice about it. You know, I get super excited when I see their questionnaireintake.com and I can't wait to get on my first call with them. And so it's just about doing it, getting the experience, getting that behind you, and then being ready for the next thing that is going to bring nerves or where you have to do something for the first time. Absolutely. It's a fun shit. It is. Yeah. It's stuff that makes you grow. That's where you grow. I was so nervous too. Brianna can attest to this. The first podcast we ever did, I was like sweating my spray tan off. I was so nervous. <laughs> Because we actually did that the first one video too, and then we we did it because we were in person, and then we didn't do video; we only did audio for a little while there. Um, but yeah, I was so nervous, and then now it's like you see how we are. We just it's we shoot the shit. It's just yeah, and you have fun, yeah, and you and you learn from it, right? Now you probably yep. don't get your spray tan anymore. So 
<laughs> I still sweat, but I don't get the sweat yeah, tan on. But you don't get yours. the spray tan. Like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I do have another question for you. I'm curious to know how many of the people that you coach um, are they individually have sought you out and pay for coaching themselves, and how many people does the company pay for them to? Coach? Yeah. So I so I work with both. Um, so I do, you know, one-on-one private clients. Um, they come to me. Sometimes people want to come to me because they're figuring out what they want to do next. And so, you know, good on them. They are not going to ask their company to sponsor this if they're trying to leap. Uh, <laughs> um, especially with the background of recruiting, I think they're attractive to that experience. Um, and others I work with and they are company sponsored. So maybe they're you know, manager says, hey, we have this person uh, who's new in role. Maybe they're new to the company or they're recently promoted. They are great and we would love them to be excellent. And so can you come and support them with that? There's obviously a lot more kind of 360 view. We'll do um, interview stakeholder interviews so that that employee has more of a sense of how they're landing and leading within the organization. We're doing manager alignment meetings to make sure that what we're working on in the coaching sessions are in line with what the goals are with, you know, their manager or the grade of work. Um, so I do, I do both. I also do teamwork um, with teams and groups. So whether or not that's workshops and offsites and development programs. So I really try to customize how I work with clients just based on what they need and what they want the outcomes to look like. Love that. Again, I had no I idea the coaching stuff. Did. Oh, yeah. Go into the team stuff. That's big. No, yeah. The team shit is great because yeah. that's where it's at. And I so I think about, um, oh, my God, what is what, what is that um, uh, Ac- Axel, that, that guy Axel who does um, uh Sorry, I'm totally losing it. It is an investment. It's an investment show. It's like on Showtime. His name's Axel. Uh, oh, bi- uh, bil- Billions? Billions. Thank yeah. Wow. How, did I, how did I forget the name? Of I didn't know. Were we talking about our podcast or were we talking about either? And I watched Billions and I was like, what? Okay. Oh, yeah. I was dying. But I when I started watching that show and, and I don't even know, she's obviously a coach, but she's a coach for the team. Yeah. I performance coach. I was like, duh like that's the stuff every company should have that like that's amazing and and it's it's I love that that you're getting into that because then you see it from an organization and just because you also came from recruiting you also get the business initiatives behind it and you're like okay here's what we're trying to accomplish here's how we're going to move the needle and here's how I'm going to help that must feel amazing it's amazing um because first off you can start to identify themes within an organization as well. So if you're coaching several people within an organization and everyone is coming to you and saying, hey, we're resource strapped or we don't have a clear vision, right? You're obviously everything we talk about in our coaching sessions is highly confidential. But if you do start to hear themes, you can escalate those to help support the teams um, and ultimately the organizations. Um, So it's just, it's really amazing to be able to support organizations um, and their, you know, and and their leaders at the end of the day. And I think the biggest misconception, too, is that coaching is for people who are not performing well. Um, That is a huge misconception. It's actually for, you know, the high achievers who, you know, if you think about Olympic athletes, there's not one athlete who's not going to have a coach. So help them go from you know, good to great, help them go from great to excellent, help them amplify their skills, help them understand, you know, where they might be falling 
flat and what they need to do to close the gap so that not only, you know, teams are successful, but the whole goal is that these organizations are successful. Um, and, you know, as Brianna said, being in recruiting, you know, we we spend so much time or, you know, I spend so much time finding the right talent for the team. And then you spend, you know, six, nine months sometimes with these senior people. They come on board, they get a two-page onboarding doc saying, you know, here's the benefits, here's who you should have your one-on-ones with, and go be successful. And then they wonder why attrition rates are, you know, not great, morale is low. They wonder why those people are not set up for success or they can't attract the right talent, like get a coach in there to help support them to be successful for their first six months so that you don't waste all these resources. The amount of money you can save an organization. I mean, just in like the right hiring processes and stuff like that, like, but like mm-hmm. for a coach. I know. Actually, the organization <laughs> is like massive. It's like massive. It's almost like, wait, why am I charging so little? Like, it's I know. a lot, but in theory, it is not. Yeah, it's it's an investment. And when people don't understand the value of coaching um, and the ROI that you can get on great leadership, they see it as an expense, but it is an investment in their organization and, you know, in their leaders. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, okay. Unfortunately, guys, we're running up on time. So Jess, if how? You with the breath and <laughs> <spider. laughs> <laughs> I'm a time police. I'm like, great. <laughs> Um, Yeah, so I I would say, you know, one thing that I would love people to walk away with is just is understanding what you can control and what you can't control, right? Especially in this environment, in this climate, there's a lot of people who have survived layoffs. There are a lot of people who have survived reorgs. There are a lot of people who are job searching right now. So it's really, it's tougher circumstances than we've seen from years ago. And so you can control your mindset, you can control your perspective, and making sure that you're making decisions from a place where you are making conscious choices is really important. Give me chills. Got the chills. Get good. chilly over here. Thank you, Jess. Um, Jess. Oh my gosh, this is great. So naturally, people are going to be like, Jess, please be my coach. So where, where, where can they find you? Yes. So you can find me on my website. It's JessHeller.com. You can book a strategy session with me, complimentary. So we can, you know, I can understand your needs, what you're looking for. And if nothing else, you will leave with some tools and resources or find me on LinkedIn. Love it. And of course, we'll link her in the description, y'all. But um, love the, again, the reviews. We got to ask. We need some more. We need some more love. We can't help it. Thank you, guys. <laughs> Thank Taylor, you. How do you want to leave them? Um, fuck y'all. No, I'm just kidding. Um, thank you all so much. No, we love our listeners and we love when they engage with us and we loved having you on. Jess, congrats on your first podcast. You nailed thank it. Thank you. Thanks. Uh, yeah, no, you did great. And we could have talked to you all day, but I know. Yeah, it always goes by so quick. But thanks so much for being a guest. Thank you to all of our listeners. We really appreciate it. Like Brita said, give us some reviews, feedback, comments, anything you guys want us to talk about. We're here. Love it. Love being inspired. Thanks all. See you next Tuesday. Thanks. Thank you. Bye. Bye.